after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I call my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized what the wise men, that, or that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. Based on the wise men's, wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Uh, today, as we get ready to go into help me introduce the title for the message, say dealing with, dealing blessings, with blessings and burdens. And burdens. You may take your seat. Dealing with blessings and burdens. Uh, I plan to begin a series that we'll be going in and out of for uh, a number of weeks entitled Growth. Uh, it is my belief as we start the brand new year, many of us are looking for things to change. Some of you probably have done your New Year's resolution. We have ideas of things that we want to go differently. This brand new journey around the sun sometimes can spark in us something brand new. Just think about that. We have been on a journey here on earth for 365 days or so that has now started all over. We are now in the next journey, seven days in, and it is in these moments that we get a chance to think about newness. Some of us feel that newness. We feel it in the opportunities that are available to us, brand new jobs or brand new uh, educational opportunities, brand new uh, volunteer opportunities. You might sit on a brand new board, whatever those things are. Some of you, your families are growing and changing. Relationships are connected. There's New Year's Eve, and we have all the, the folks that get you know proposed to on New Year's Eve and the excitement that kind of comes from all of that, all of these new possibilities and we sit at the beginning of the year with such amazing hope and idealism of what is possible. And I think that there's also another group of folks who, although we are in a brand new year, the changing of the calendar doesn't fully change everything in your experience. For some of you, you might feel like this is just another day in an ongoing challenge. The issues of yesteryear are still here. The burdens are still there. The conflicts and the issues are still following you. And so where some may be seeing the optimism and the promise of the year, you feel the ongoing relentless carrying of things that have not changed. And wherever you may sit from one pole to the next, we all know that we get brand new opportunity. As our, as our music and uh, arts ministry said today, uh, I know that we have a name change coming, so I'm holding that for when it comes. Um, but as they were saying today, today is the day. This is the day. Best day of your life could be today. And so, 
as we think about growth, as we think about what happens with growth, I want us to be very clear that much of what happens when we are growing things, <clears throat> I just want to point out that I planted these seeds at the beginning of December. Remember, we had our mustard seeds and we had our redwood seeds as we were seeding the soil. I have not started to water them yet because this is the year. We were seeding all month last month. Now we're beginning to water. I plan to be, have us watching these things kind of grow uh, throughout the year to see the beautiful things that happen in growth. <clears throat> but one of the things about growth, especially for plants, is before anything happens above surface, so many things happen beneath the surface. That once we get to the point where we begin to water and the proper nutrients have already been put in and we get to the point where the seeds now are able to start coming to life and beginning to work with all of the newness and the nutrients and the gift of the water, we won't see anything above ground even though stuff is happening below ground. In the darkness, in the dirt, in the difficulty, one might say, things are happening. And if we only look or take a surface view, we'll believe, because we don't see the sprout immediately, that nothing's happening. When the truth is, Sometimes it takes a little bit more time, a little bit more waiting, a little bit more holding, a little bit more work below ground to get us prepared. And as I think about where we're entering into this message, I couldn't help but deal with the fact on, on this New Year's uh, Sunday, right, first Sunday in the new year, I wanted to come out with a message that was going to be super exciting. We about to jump to the rafters. We about to set the thing on ablaze. But the reality in my soul said that I'm wrestling between both the excitement of blessings and the burden of the difficulty that sometimes comes along with the blessing. As we enter into this text, I want us to maybe see it differently. We talked about the three wise men. When we say three, it's really not, we don't know how many it was. We know they gave three gifts. We talk about the wise men's visit to Jesus and Mary. And now our story opens after they leave and they don't go back to Herod. What happens to the Son of God? What happens to this immense gift given to all of humanity? I love how folks always get calls from Jesus while we're in service. I think it's absolutely amazing. I'm just playing. I'm sorry. <clears throat> um, but in this moment, the scriptures tell us that there's an angel that comes to Joseph now and wakes Joseph up out of his sleep. And as I'm talking through how we can deal with both the blessings and the burdens, my first thought, my first point would be wake up. Everybody say wake up. In the scripture, Joseph is sleeping. And I'm amazed at how many things happen at night, even in the narrative for the birth of our Savior. He's sleeping. He's resting, he's open, he's free, 
And then God comes and says, get up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Something is happening. I know that you have been comfortable where you are. I know that you are resting where you are. But now I need to shake you to wake you up. I need you to see something that you may not be seeing. I need you to respond to something that you don't even know is getting ready to happen. I need you now to move upon the words I'm giving you and not just the visualization that's all around you. I need you now to shift the way that you're doing business. Everybody say, wake up. I need you to recognize that there are some things that are happening. And although you may be living in the afterglow of such an amazing blessing, you've just gotten gifts from individuals talking about the goodness of the child that you hold. You've just heard stories about how the angels showed up to some shepherds and said these things about your child. As much as this is a blessing of God, as amazing as this gift is, this gift also comes with some challenges. Everybody is not responding the same way to your blessing as those others were. There are some others individuals that when they heard of the blessing, their response was to try to kill the blessing that was given to you. So I need you to wake up. I know you want everybody to glory with you. I know you want everybody to be happy with you. I know you want everybody to feel your joy. But right now, I need you to wake up and pay it attention. Yeah. I remember, I remember when I was uh, maybe about 20, 30 years ago, I watched this movie uh, by Spike Lee called School Days. <laughs> One of my favorite Spike Lee movies, by the way. Um, and I remember thinking that this is going to be my uh, college experience. I was about to be just like them. I was, I was G5G. Uh, that's what I wanted to be. Um, and then I went to a PWI and had nothing, none of that experience at all. Anyway, but at the end of the movie, you can see it pan in. Lawrence Frenchburn is standing there, and he yells these words that seem to echo all the way through your soul. Wake up. And it just held uncomfortably long uncomfortably long because sometimes the blessings of God might put us to sleep. The blessings of God might be so amazing that they put us to sleep and we stop paying attention to what we need to be focused on. In fact, we may stop paying attention to the one that gave us the gift. Because of the blessing, and God sends an angel. Angel goes now to Joseph and says, wake up and go. He shakes him. He wakes him up, and although he's been hearing all of this amazing information, in my head, I'm thinking Joseph has just got to the point where he's rightly able to see that maybe God is up to something. Because the story Mary told him initially, he ain't believe. And then the angel had to tell him something, and how he's struggling with that belief. 
But all of a sudden now, he's seeing these things come together. It's something about this child. He recognizes it. But now, although all of this stuff came from God, although God gave it to him, now this very thing is about to cause his life to be uprooted. He says, get up. And the scriptures say, flee. But the real word behind it means get safe. That your current location would be fine if you didn't have this blessing. But this blessing has now turned your current location hostile. And I know you want to call this place home. But home can't be home right now. Because the blessing has turned home hostile. I want you to feel this. I want you to feel this weight. Get up and run for your life. And I want you to go to a space that is not culturally the same as you. I want you to go to a place that you may not be as comfortable with. I want you to go to a place where they don't worship the way you worship. They may not believe the way you believe. And I'm not sending you there to go get like them. I'm sending you there for your protection, but you still need to stay with me. So now I need you to go get safe in Egypt. And of course, I've wrestled with this particular part as I think about what's happening for parents trying to be safe in Gaza now, trying to run to Egypt. And I wonder what would have happened to our Savior if the border had been closed when Joseph ran. Maybe how would we rethink about life if we recognized that our Savior and his family were migrants and immigrants and they needed another place to enter into for safety. And I recognize that in our immigration issues both there and here that I I think that it's only right for the, the person of faith to start asking some questions. We need to do some stuff. Some things need to happen, and I want to admit I am not a politician. I don't know all the deep intricacies of immigration policy, but what I can tell you is what is happening currently, that just ain't right. It's not right for us to, to see folks coming from all over the world trying to get to our borders and having no answer for it. It is not right for folks being willing to come, put everything on the line, no shoes, no clothes, no money, but just hoping that if I could get here, that things would be better. What must you be running from? How bad must it really be if you're willing to take a chance to be killed on the way through the cartel just to get to a country that may still tell you no? Do you know how bad it is for so many others? And we get a chance to sit in our cozy comforts of home because we don't remember the biblical stories of those who had to flee for their life. 
running because they can't exist where they are. And I know immigration is different now. Terrorism is a problem. We have a lot of other things to think about, but we ought to be thinking about them. We ought to be working through them, and we should not keep allowing our politicians to do nothing for the sake of politicianing. It's become a game. Neither one is doing anything, Republicans or Democrats, sitting there with nothing to be done but thousands upon thousands of people's lives in the balance. 150,000 have been bused from Texas to New York. What do you do with 150,000 people who have nothing when they get there? 30,000 in Denver. Another 30,000 in Chicago. Savior, scripture tells us, angel said, wake up, go get safe. And Joseph and the amazing man that he was does not wait till morning. He recognizes that if God is waking me up in the middle of the night, I might might need to get on it right now. And this is just a clarion call for somebody. Uh, Some of you think that you're having sleeping issues. And sometimes you're right. But sometimes you can't sleep because God has been pulling on your coattail. God has been shaking you a bit. And and I imagine what would happen if we would ready our ears to hear, God, tell me what it is I need to hear. Help me in this moment. I can't sleep. Something ain't right. I need to understand what you need for me to do. He says, get up, get safe. And then watch this. Once you get there, stay until I tell you to come back. Now, this word stay is funny because the word behind it actually doesn't mean stay. It actually means be in me. Here's the gift. Get up. I need you to see differently. Get safe. You can't stay where you are. But watch this. Be there. Don't go and act as if you're not where you are. Be there. We are good at following God's direction with all of the frustration in our heart because our hearts are still where we want it to be and not what God told us to be. So we'll follow God's direction with attitudes as if we know better than God and God should have done it another way. God, why do you have me here? God, I need to be over there. God, it should be happening like this. God, it should be opening this way. It should be this way. So I can't really be where I am because I'm too busy fussing and complaining and worrying about where I want it to be. No, 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 no. When you get up and you get safe, be where you are. There are things that I will do where you are 
that can't be done where you were. But you can get the where you are because you're too busy worrying about where you were. And you want to go back to where you were. All the things were great where you were. We always speak about it like it was so amazing, not paying attention that where you were was not intended to give you what God needs for right now. And God said, I'm going to send you back. But I need you to be here for a moment. Because some of it is for you to get what you need. But watch this. Some of it is because where you were needs to change. You're going to wait to hear Rod and his people are gone. Because if you obey partially, you can still end up with the same negativity. If Joseph leaves but comes back too early and wind of it gets back around, the same problems could exist for Jesus. So Joseph has to not only get up, get safe, but he has to remain where he is. This means that you have to leave your house, have to leave his business, had to figure out a new way of life. The way, they, the way they work in Egypt ain't the same way the way they work over here in uh, Bethlehem. Uh, what they do over there ain't the same. And I got to figure out a way. Watch this. He also has to figure out how not to stand out too much. Now, <laughs> there is a line of biblical scholars who have lifted up the fact that if Joseph, Mary, and Jesus could hide in Egypt, it must be because they didn't stand out to the Egyptians. I'll keep walking. If the Egyptians are in Africa and have African features, if I'm going to go hide around some African features, Either I'm developing new features or I pre-had some features that didn't stand out so much around African features. There's, there's a line that believes this. There's also another line that says Egypt is already a multicultural location. So the gift is that everyone there looks different. Everyone there is separated. Everyone there is coming from a different way of being. So to be amongst everybody that's already different doesn't stand out so much. Whichever way we might take the text, what we can say is that Africa had to save the Savior. And this isn't the first time the children of Israel had the same walk. They go into Egypt and then they have to be enslaved there. Then they are free to come back. 
there. This is the same thing that happens to Moses after Moses responds, and all of a sudden he's in Egypt. He kills, then he leaves, but he has to come back. We constantly see this story of things interacting, happening, because God is doing something here. He's training, he's preparing, but he's allowing them to be. If we learned how to be where we are, we might see the hand of the Lord where we are. Okay, I promise. I, I feel, I, I want to let this point go, but I don't know who this is for. I promise this, this is for somebody. I sense that there are individuals, maybe even like myself, where we have fought where we are because we don't want to be there. And since we don't want to be there, we're constantly asking God to take us from that place. But God is trying to say, I'm in that place. And if you would just be with me in that place, I'm going to do something here that you can't do nowhere else. You just got to be okay to be with me in this place. Because if you could be with me in this place, I could trust you with me in that place. And I could trust you with me in that place. And I could trust you with me in that place. Because then it's not about the place. It's about the one that you're with. Joseph, go be safe. Get up, get there, be safe, and be there until I tell you to come back. Be there until I call you again. Do what I've told you until you hear from me again. I don't care if everything else changes. Do what I told you until you hear from me again, and then... On the backdrop of all of this is the destruction of human life by Herod. Child after child being slain. And I can't help but hear so much similarity now. So I close, I close with this thought. A friend of mine yesterday introduced me to a song. The song is, Earth is Ghetto. Okay. I'm going to say it one more time. Name of the song, Earth is Ghetto. And I'm sitting there like, first of all, the title, the title grabbed me. I was like, uh, you got to play me that. <laughs> but the artist paints the story so real. Earth is Ghetto, and I don't want to be here. I've been left stranded here, but I need you to beam me up because I see the way that they treat each other, and this don't make no sense. They're homeless, live out on the street. They're hungry, don't have food to eat, and this is what they say is all right. Earth is ghetto, and I need to get out of here, and as I heard that, it made me recognize that everything that humanity has touched we have figured out a way to mess it up. We mess up relationships. We mess up uh, uh, the, the earth. We, we, we mess up uh, the, the stuff that we have. We mess up our own calling. We mess up even our relationships with God. And this is not something new. Replete throughout scripture, we see humanity messing stuff up. In fact, it messed stuff up so much that it made God mad. God shows up in Genesis and says, you know what? 
I am tired of all of y'all. Every last one of y'all got to go. I don't want to see you no more. I don't want to hear you no more. Y'all don't know how to act. That's it. What I'm about to do is something that ain't never happened before. I'm about to make it rain. And not the rain that you're thinking, it ain't no dollar bills going. This is going to be real rain. And it's going to rain so long that you ain't going to find no dry ground. You ain't going to be able to swim long enough because I am tired of you. Can you imagine how bad this is that the one that made us don't even want to deal with us no more? And then God preserves one that says, man, we got to try this one more time. I know what Adam did, but Noah, I love you, and I see what you're trying to do. Take your family. Let's start over. And God says, you know what? I'm not going to do it like this no more. I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky to, to be my covenant to you, that I love you, that I care for you, that I'm there for you. I'm not going to do that no more. And then humanity does the same thing again. And this time, God responds by sending his son. He doesn't send rain in water drops, but he sends a, a, a son to reign over all of humanity. He sends one that now can love us beyond us. He sends one that can transform the most terrible things in us. And this is the baby that has to run now into Egypt because he needs to make it out of Egypt back to the land that God called him to. And why does he need to make it back? Because he's going to do some things that nobody else can do. He's going to be able to take all of our mistakes He's going to be able to take all of our sin. He's going to be able to take all of our mess-ups. He's going to be able to wash it all away. But he can't wash it away without his own blood going down into the ground. And although the blood goes down, his body don't stay there. Even though he has to get hung up on the cross, the Bible tells us that even though they dug him into the ground and they sealed his tomb up, the scriptures say that early on a Sunday, morning he gets back up with all power in his hand and he says I've seen the beauty of people I've seen the terrible stuff of folks but now 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 they have a chance to live like they have never lived before that we don't have to keep responding to all the ways of life in the human way but I'm giving you another way that you can think differently, be differently, exist differently, that we might see the manifest glory of God descend upon the earth. And it's my prayer that if you're hearing this, whether you're in our building or if you're watching, that you might be able to grab a hold to the gift that God had. He ran his son to Egypt, brought him back out of Egypt, and then he gave his life for us that we would never have to run again, that we would never have to succumb to sin again, but that we would have the freedom that comes, that even though earth is ghetto, heaven ain't. Even though earth is ghetto, heaven ain't. And every now and then a little bit of heaven might make its way down to the earth. And if we could just grab a hold to the gift that heaven is, maybe earth wouldn't be as ghetto as earth is because God got some people, some folks who have been transformed that can live differently than they have lived before.
It's the blessing and the burden of our gift. But it helps us get all the way back to heaven. Pray with me.